Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan the Podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actionable steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. In last week's edition of Chan Cap, I talked about how, yes, being a high performer, along with developing a plan to get promoted, will get you the promotions that you're looking for, for career advancement. However, from what I learned throughout my career, being a high performer does not increase your job security. And my guest for this episode learned that the hard way. He got a new job and he was putting 110% in it, becoming a high performer at the company. He thought that by doing good work or even overworking to some extent, would guarantee him the job security that he needed. However, that was unfortunately not the case as the company decided to change direction and completely close his department and laid everybody off in that department. And he was gracious enough to come on my podcast to share his story and the learning lessons that he learned from that experience to help my listeners be aware of some of the unfortunate circumstances when it comes to working for any company. His name is Daniel Lantin, and he was born and raised in the Philippines, and he moved to Canada in 2019 to become an international student. While studying at Centennial College, he was posting and networking consistently on LinkedIn, which placed him in the top 100 Filipinos to follow on LinkedIn. He is now a permanent resident of Canada and has been a social media manager for a couple of fast-growing B2B SaaS companies. Now let's get into my conversation with Daniel on how strong performance does not increase job security. So we have Mr. Slice of Marketing, fresh and hot, right? What up? Hello. Hello, Max. Nice to yeah, see it's, you. Been a, it's been a while because um, you, you obviously had disappeared on LinkedIn uh, working <laughs> out at your previous job, right? Which we'll get into. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like it, it goes back to like just, just for my audience listening right now, the backstory how Daniel and I met is I was actually starting building my LinkedIn brand. I was around like 600 connections. He was at 4,000, I believe. And then I commented on a post that he did. I, I, don't, I don't know what the post was about anymore. I just talked about like action faking, how it's about... People think that they're being productive uh, by doing something such as like reading a bunch of books but not actioning it. So it's, mm-hmm. that would be like action faking where you are being busy but not actually being productive to move the needle. And then what happened was uh, he actually liked my comment and then he added me on LinkedIn. And then that's how we uh, started to get to know each other. What happened after was we were still pretty consistent because he was still looking for a job. And then we actually had a couple other people in the group and the the... The bet was, I don't think anybody actually said yes to the bet, was like who can get to the 10,000 follower mark the fastest. <laughs> and like, it's almost two years. And I'm at 20, I'm at 23,000 and nobody has come close. They've, they've all dropped off. And then yeah. Daniel here, he actually dropped off on purpose because he, once he got the job, he wanted to really focus on it to, to do well at the company to possibly get promotions and job security. But as he'll share, that didn't happen. So yeah, so... I, I kind of gave an intro of, in terms of like how we know each other. So Daniel, why don't you talk to us about what you've been up to and the learn and uh, what happened in your, at your last company quickly? Well, for, first of all, if, you, if you're listening to this podcast, Max is amazing. Y'all, re- y'all know that. I call him Max Consistency because his consistency has been crazy. When we first met at LinkedIn, that's why when he was telling the story, I was I have a big smile on my face because I just had flashbacks of like 
we used to send voice messages and video messages to each other on LinkedIn DMs and like, how do we grow on LinkedIn? How do we get more opportunities? And now he's here and he's doing amazing and I love it. So anyway, about me, basically what happened was, so I came from the Philippines. I'm an international student in Canada. I graduated last year. But before I graduated, I was posting on LinkedIn almost every day. And I was networking almost every day. I became one of the top 100 Filipinos to follow on LinkedIn. I'm probably not. Wait, is, wait, is that an official article? Like, was it an article that says here's nah. the top one? Oh, I just made that nah, up. It's like a, <laughs> it's like a, oh, no, no. It's, it's actually like one of the biggest LinkedIn figures in the Philippines. She's like the most followed one. And it's her article. So something like that. Oh, so it's God, pretty okay. legit. It's not from LinkedIn, but you know, where was I? Okay. So I was doing that. And then. Eventually, my main goal in Canada was to become a permanent resident. And to be a permanent resident, I needed a full-time job. So once I got my full-time job, I dropped everything. I was literally like, I wasn't using social media. I was just focusing on my job. Because, of course, I, I need to stay in that job for a long time to be a permanent resident. Luckily, I did become a permanent resident. But just recently, unfortunately, I was laid off just because the company had a change of direction. They basically wanted to focus on Europe versus North America. And me being in North America, I was unfortunately laid off. Um, but don't get me wrong. I love the company. Even to this day, I love the people who work there. It's amazing. I learned a lot. It's just a shift of strategy. And I think the important part there, I was telling Max about this, was don't stop networking and don't like, drop everything just for one job because even if you do everything right you can just be laid off or something can happen to the company and then suddenly you don't have a job yeah so and let's let's talk about that you got the job so what was your perception going in were you saying like okay i need to stay at this job as long as possible so i'm just going to drop everything everything i built um, on the side and just focus on this like what was the perception or strategy going in exactly it was literally me dropping everything uh, I wasn't creating content on LinkedIn, on TikTok, on YouTube, or everywhere else. I was focused on this job because I wanted to be the best at it. I wanted my performance to be super high so that they have no no choice but to you know keep me for a long time. To be honest, I was planning on staying in that company for like, I don't know, man, two years or so because it's a really good company. But yeah, these, these things happen even if you do everything right, which is, I bet it's normal. It's normal, right, Max? Well, it's, it's normal in terms of like there will be restructuring, especially at bigger companies. And like if you're not on the right team, you will get uh, laid off, right? That's why like one of the key things in terms of if you want, if you plan to stay at a big company for a while, then one of the strategies that I've learned is that you want to jump teams every so often, uh, just to not stay stagnant. And by doing that, you'll always if you make the right move, you'll always avoid the chopping block. So for example, let's say you are a part of this team at this company and it's a new team that they're trying, trying out. If it doesn't work out, they might lay off that division, right? So if you know that you're on that team that's new, stay there for a couple of years and then go to something else that the company's doing that you think has good stability and move to that team, right? Because layoffs happen all the time, depending on like market uh, changes and what have you. So my suggestion for anybody listening is that if you're planning to have longevity at a big company, you do have to move around every so often just to make sure that you're not stagnant and you aren't, if you're not part of one of the divisions that is on the chopping block. Right, right. And, and one of the things that I learned about this, probably the most crucial one is again, never stop networking. And never stop 
like looking for your next gig. I'm not I'm not sure if you agree with this, Max, but what I learned with this was even if you have a job now, you're, you think you're stable, like I would still network with other people and I would still kind of apply just to keep my, my, you know, my resume fresh and everything just so you're protected just in case something happens and you're not struggling to find a job because especially here in Canada, it takes like a month and a half to look for a job, which is... Yeah, the interview process is brutal. Like it's... It- a lot of people on LinkedIn complain about how long the interview process is for some of these companies. And yeah, there, there's, there's got to be a way to streamline it. But obviously, we can't control what companies do. But of course. going back to you for a second, is this your first time ever getting laid off? Because you obviously did work at the Philippines for a while, right? Before you moved to Canada and going to the college that you went to. So yeah. So, yeah. So is this your first experience ever getting laid off between the Philippines and Canada? Yes, probably. In the Philippines, for some reason, job security there is it's pretty solid. Like you won't see like managers and directors being laid off out of nowhere unlike here where it's suddenly the director of marketing is gone there if you're in the kind of like mid-management position you're you're practically safe as long as you do your job and then when i got here that's where i got shocked because like even if you're doing things right if the company the company decides to change its focus then you know you're basically gone so yeah, it was my first time being laid off, but I did get fired in my first job. I told you about this. <laughs> oh, you yeah. I don't know. I remember the story too. Yeah, you got if fired you to the know. bad performance. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't know, it's not because I suck at my job. Well, in that job. Okay, give you context. So I went to Canada. I needed a job, right? So I was like, huh, maybe I should work at Walmart or Tim Hortons or something because I didn't have a network back then and I needed to pay the bills. There was this opening for like a web development job which I have no background on. I literally just, I knew how to stand out and I stood out from everyone else. And then suddenly they got me in the company. And that was like, I don't know how to do this job. So it took them three months for them to understand that, oh yeah, this this guy's not that good. And they let me go. <laughs> Man, so <laughs> but you, that, you, you, that, you had good job like... security in the Philippines and then you got fired and laid off within like a year of each other in Canada. I mean, that, that's got to be a wake up call there. How amazing is that? No, but it's it's like, yeah, like what you said, it's it's a it's a wake-up call for sure. Like for the first time in my life, I was like, wow, I am my, your job is not technically safe here, no matter what happens. That's why I came to the reality that you always have to network, you always have to apply. I mean, you know, you always need to have options just to save you, just in case, you know, you get laid off or something. Such a big yeah, lesson. Yeah, so going back to that, like from you getting fired at that job, even though like you knew that you didn't have much experience and they understood that, like you said, like it was just a misunderstanding of your capabilities. So there was no hard feelings. But did mm. that play a part in terms of this role that you got where you said, okay, I can't get fired again or so I have to like really put my 110%? Is, is that how the mindset shifted? Or it didn't mm. play a part at all? It's more of like, because I was aiming for the permanent residency, I, I couldn't be fired. So that's why I dropped everything and focused on that. Regarding that first job I got fired from, I just really had to pay the bills. So it's either a cool web company or working at Walmart. I'm like, hmm, let's, let's use the cool, the cool company. <laughs> Actually, to, to go back to what you said, when you had the interview for this job you got laid off at, did they talk about, did they ask you what happened at your last role? Did you even put it in your resume? No, because it wasn't related. It's literally because I'm in the marketing field. I'm in the marketing, social media field in SaaS. And that job that I got fired for was like a web development for like a membership website. It, it doesn't have to do anything. So I took that out of my resume just because it's not marketing related. 
Oh, that's good. Yeah. So for anybody listening right now, like you don't have to, like a resume is not a career history document. If there's something that you don't want to put in, you don't have to put it in, right? So that's what you did. You didn't put that in because it wasn't relevant. And then they just right. talked about your other experience that you had in your resume, right? Exactly. Exactly. I learned that from Max Chan, everyone. Just listen to Max. I learned that from him. <laughs> did you really from like a post of mine? So you don't have to include everything on your yeah. resume? Of course, it's you. And then there's a lot of other people that I follow, right? That is basically the same thing. Just put relevant information in your resume. You don't, and if it's, let's say it's not relevant, let's say you work in the kitchen or something, and then you want to work for marketing, you just flip the words a bit to make it relevant, you know? Yeah. And like, going back to what you said about the middle management part, like people think here that the higher you go up, the more job security you, you might have. That's actually not the case. It's actually worse. The higher you go up, the more risky your job is because you, you become more expensive and companies here tend to want to cost cut a lot, right? So if you wow. have a higher salary and they don't think that, if they think that they could cut it or like algamate a bunch of teams, then they probably would do that, right? So yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's one of the big things point. I've learned too, right? Wow. No, that's yeah. such a good point, Max. Yeah, it is, right? Because again, like the, so scary. The, the more experience you have, the more expensive you are, right? Especially when you move True. up higher up. Like people don't go with a mindset of like, I'm going to work my way up. But what I'm trying to say is like people don't get into the mindset of like, I'm trying to avoid to get fired. They want to get like the promotions and stuff. And then they move on to somewhere else after, right? Like no one really thinks like goes all the caution to say, okay, I'm going to get fired. So I'm not going to put in my effort because you still got to right. put in effort to like build up the skills, right? Hmm. And, and that's where the the networking part comes in because like again you're, you're trying to secure yourself it's like your insurance right so even if you move up the ladder you get you get more salary and let's say the company can't can't pay you anymore you already have backups because you have all these connections and you know you do your job well so it, it's super important yeah absolutely like there was a podcast guest i had a few months back and she said that the only reason she got fired was like she was the highest paid in that pay band there was no other oh, reason wow. except like she was the highest pay man. So yeah. So again, just right. because like you think you make a lot of strategic decisions because you're higher up, that doesn't mean that you're safe. It actually might be more risky because if they need to cut budget, they'll just start cutting the expensive ones first, right? Right. Usually. Yeah. But so. but aside from networking, Max, is there something to not really prevent that, but like to to save yourself from that scenario? You're the highest. You, your salary is super high. <laughs> aside from networking, is there another thing that you can do? There's been a few episodes I talk about this with my guests and like you get, there's two signs that two or three signs. I think that, you know, that something is brewing. One is obviously a merger acquisition. Two mm. could be that's restructuring, happens, by the way. like reorg. Uh, that's a common one. Yeah. And then the third one would just be like financial performance, right? If the company's not doing well and you know, they're not doing well. Like one of my, one of the biggest lessons that I've learned is that if the accounting department has a lot of people leaving, then you know the company's not doing well because the accounting team knows the financials of the company. So if you start pe seeing people like in the accounting team start leaving, then you know something's going on, right? So what a cheat code. Yo, that is yeah. so important. I'll keep that in mind. Yeah, so that's that's one thing uh, I was told. But yeah, it, there's definitely a lot of reality checks when you get older. Like the days of like working at a company for like 30 years, obviously they don't exist anymore. And then like you could be laid off at any time. Firing is a bit harder. Like you have to do really bad at your job to get fired. But from a layout mm -hmm. perspective, it's it's not as hard as getting fired because like th there's always ways around like restructuring and all that, right? So Right, right, right. Yeah, that's the that's a big wanna, thing I've learned. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to add Max. And in, in terms of so I got fired, right? When I got fired, it was literally like, Yeah, you're gone. Here you did a bad job. We won't help you. That's it. But here with my recent company, when I got laid off, everyone wanted to help. Like from 
from even the CEO wanted to help me, and he actually referred me to someone else. So I have like a, a part time thing going now. So that's what I learned as well. Just even in my last days, I was just super professional. I was still helping out. You know, I was still doing my job even if I was laid off already. And they really appreciated that. And you know, I just asked for a lot of LinkedIn recommendations. I just kept in touch. I was asking for advice, and it was really good for me. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. again, like you said, it was no hard feelings. They just said, like, okay, we tried the North American market; it's not going to work. We're just going to go back to Europe, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Right, but, right, right. Yeah. So, like, tell me how you got the news. Like, was it was it one of those like random calendar invites? That, like, so you, so you you go to work in the morning, and there's there's some random invite in the afternoon with like no yes. description of what the meeting's about. Is that what happened? Yes. So I I logged in on like. I don't know, Monday. And then all of a sudden, I get a calendar invite and a Slack message saying, Daniel, do you have time to meet? I know it's super short notice. And I thought it was about strategy and everything. I thought we were going to do something cool. And then when I logged in the meeting, the HR manager was there as well. And I'm like, oh, this is not a strategy. And, and you know, they just gave me the news. And again, like, I get it. I get it. And they were super professional about it. Again, I can say all these good things about the company. I love the company and the people. But yeah, that's how I got it. From a calendar invite, then they told me. And then they gave me like until the end of the month, which I really appreciated. Yeah. So how did it work? Did they give you like, okay, you stayed on till the end of the month and then they're giving you severance on top of that? Or was it just the salary at the end of the month and then you're, that was it? They gave me like the salary and like additional for the unused vacations and stuff. So that was good. And and what I appreciated about that, Max, was they actually gave me time for weeks because I'm not sure how it goes in Canada or in North America, but I heard in the US, if you get laid off, you're laid off at the same day. I'm not sure about that. Like there's at will firing that you can get fired anytime in the US. Canada's a bit different. You have to, you can fire someone, but it has to be with cause and you have to go through all this documentation, at least from what I heard, right? So right. it is a bit more complicated to get fired in Canada. Like laid off in Canada, US, it doesn't matter. I think it's pretty mm-hmm. similar, but for firing, it's, it's, it's a bit different. I think in the US, uh, you can get fired for any reason. Uh, in Canada, it has to be documented before you can do it. I think there's a bit of a safety net in Canada. Again, for anyone listening, I'm just talking off the cuff. Uh, so definitely don't take my legal advice. You definitely consult a lawyer if you have issues. That's what I think uh, happens here. Right, right, right. But yeah, yeah. To, to my story, they were super nice about it. Like, hey, we're laying you off, but we'll, we'll help you find your next gig or we'll help you at least pay the bills. So the manager laid you off, right? The manager in the HR, right? Wait, C- but C level, C level. So, oh, so C level laid off, not the not not the hiring manager. Nah. So, like the C level was the one who broke the news to me, and the HR manager. Oh, okay. Because the, the thing is, like, I thought it was like the hiring manager that your manager fired you, but then he would fire himself because then he's gone too, right? Because they're both like they're getting rid of the whole division. But yeah, uh, continue. <laughs> yeah, C level did it, which which to be honest, I appreciated because they could have done this. Uh, there was a recent company where they did it over Zoom. Like yeah, better.com. People, right? Yeah, right away. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, love, I love how you just name drop the company. Which, by the way, they laid off 3,000 more people, which is... I thought it was 4,000. Yeah, so like they laid, they laid off a bunch of people on Christmas. The CEO guy, like he did it through an automated Zoom. It was a recording, right? So you couldn't ask questions or anything. And then there was this huge backlash. Then the CEO took like a leave for, I think, a month or something. And then he came back and then he laid off a whole bunch of other people. And- um, <laughs> So tough, yeah, it, that is 
tough. Yeah, it's definitely not. Sorry, where, where was I? Oh yeah, yeah. So so anyway, with my story, like I I kind of appreciated that the CMO actually got on the call with me to tell me about it. It's like I don't know. I appreciate it just because it's it's the C level, uh, you know, management who's actually taking time from his schedule to be like, yeah, this sucks, but. Yeah, it's the right way to lay off people, right? Like, no, like, all the recordings, right? I heard another bad story about this tech company, I think, last year. I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. It might have been, like, a Zoom, but it was just, like, this link, and it, it says, it was automated message, if you receive this link, you've been laid off. Uh, I think it was it was really bad. I Yeah, it was really bad. So, it, like, professionals understand, like, things don't work out, and you have to lay people off, right? Which is fine. It's just the way you handle it. Either you leave a very bad taste in their mouths, or... Even if it doesn't work out, there's still that respect, right? Um, right. So like your company that laid you off, like did that respect because right. It was, C, it was a C-level executive that reached out to you, right? Yeah, yeah. And like from me, what I learned was that you should never burn bridges. Like even if you are super mad at them, just try your best not to burn bridges because you'll never know. You might end up working for them again or you might end up working for the same colleagues that you have or they might recruit you somewhere just never burn bridges that that's what i what i learned again it's nothing personal like they didn't fire you for bad performance it was just a layoff so right everybody that was working in north america that lived here also got laid off too right so it's, it's mm-hmm. like you shouldn't burn bridges because like you have no you might help each other out later down the road right for sure for sure for sure and again it's just like more I call it insurance, more protection for your career. It's like if you burn a bridge with your recent, your past employer and you burn the bridge with people there, that's like less opportunities for you in the future just because that bridge is gone. Yeah. And it goes back to what you said about networking, right? Like how do you foolproof yourself? And the thing is like you can't stop doing stuff just because you got a new job. You, you got to continue building it. Obviously, easier said than done because there's so many people on LinkedIn. Like They're active on LinkedIn when they're looking for work. And then once they get to work, they disappear, right? Um, that's, that's, <laughs> there is that's, a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of people do that. It's, it's just as common, right? Because like, but the, yeah, because because kind of like that's what they use LinkedIn for. They're like, oh, I need a job. Let me start putting something. Yeah, up. LinkedIn is LinkedIn is a glorified job site. As much as they're trying to make it more content oriented, it, it still feels still considered as a job site. So they're only there when they're looking for uh, a job, right? And then once they're done, then they log off and go on TikTok or Instagram after, right? Which is more, <laughs> which is more pleasurable, I guess. <laughs> so true that's true so tell me what happened uh so you had the meeting they were very uh grateful in terms of like your work and all that uh, obviously they went to a different direction so what happened during the uh, few weeks that you had for working there so what was your next move were you writing your resume at that time while you're still working at this company what, what was the steps right right uh, so again like shout out to oh, shout out just just applause to that company because they literally told me Okay, so while you're still working with us for a month, you can start applying now. And if you have interviews during the time of work, then just take that interview. Cancel all your meetings and take that interview. Which, again, I really felt like, wow, they're really trying to help me out, even if this is such a bad, you know, bad experience. Not experience, bad, like, decision for me. Um, but they were really, really trying to help me out. Um, so I was already making my, updating my resume I was back on LinkedIn. Max was one of the first people I, you know, I told about this. I told Max, like, yo, Max, I just got laid off after focusing all my effort on it. And yeah, I was just basically networking again. I updated my resume. I started looking for jobs while still doing my job for the company. 
and I was doing the handover to whoever to the next people that will take over you know my responsibilities. So that's what I was doing. Uh, just to go back um to what when it, when you got the news like what happened the day like the day of or the day after like because uh, you said you 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 needed to stay at this job for a certain period of time to get your PR mm-hmm. which you still did anyway like did you was that like a reality check say wow I did all this work and I still I'm out of a job is that what happened is, is that what yeah. the mindset was shift the, the mindset shift yeah it was literally like I can't believe I did everything wrong my performance is good and then I still got laid off and that's why I messaged you because like. At first, of course, I was in shock. I couldn't, I couldn't believe it because I was literally planning on staying with this company for a long time. And like what I said, I dropped everything for it. So yeah, I was in shock for like a day or like half a day. And then I knew that I had to move because I, I could be sad, right? If you got laid off, you could be sad. You could be sad for like a week or something. Or you can just be sad for a day. And even if you're sad, a bit of, a bit sad the following days, you can already start moving to your next opportunity. So that's what I did. I, I don't suggest like if someone gets laid off to apply the next day, because uh, your head's not, your mind's not right, right? It, so like definitely take a few days to like decompress, but then start being proactive and job search again, because it happens, right? Like layoffs right. are nothing. Layoffs is not some novelty thing that never happens, right? Like it does happen, like, especially with COVID, right? And then layoffs also are common pretty much in December, January, uh, due to like, new budgets and stuff. So again, like layoffs are normal. Uh, so it's, it's nothing to be ashamed of for sure. Right. It just happens. It's just a part of it. And again, like what you said, it's nothing personal. Yeah, exactly. Like they're very good to you. And the CMO was in that meeting uh, to talk to you. Right. And he even said like, Hey, if you have interviews during your work hours, just go, um, we won't hold it against you. Right. Right. Does that happen in most companies? Would you know? No, not, not, well, if they're not going to lay you off, then you'll have to like sneak around, like take days off, right? For like, oh, really? Interview. Yeah. But like, yeah, no, obviously, you don't say, hey, to your, your manager, uh, hey, I, I'm going to go for an interview tomorrow. Uh, can you book some I, I need to take a day off. No one's going to say that. They might say that, oh, I'm taking a day off for like whatever, right? <laughs> okay. Uh, but that was like, it. with like Zoom and like most interviews being online, like people don't even have to take days off for interviews anymore. They just like, book off their calendar for that hour and then do the interview there, right? So it's actually been more convenient. Yeah, just because, put, you put, yeah. You, you, yeah, you just put busy. That's it. Yeah, you already busy. interview for their- Yeah, out of office busy. or something, right? So <laughs> yeah, it's actually more, yeah, interviewing for other companies during COVID is actually more convenient because before you had, you had to book time off to go mm. to the office, right? So- Oh my gosh, I wouldn't, I, would, I don't know the stress that I would be at right now if I had to actually go into an office to interview. Like, imagine trying to go to five different interviews with, like, four rounds each, and then you have to commute to that office space every time. Oh, that is hard. So I'm so thankful that we're working from home now. No, I I think, like, what before COVID, if there was multiple rounds, they would do it all in one day. Like, companies that do it, like, over a few weeks, I think that's annoying. Like, when I, before COVID, when I was interviewing, like, even uh, when I was a recent grad, I didn't, I only had a couple companies where they wanted me to come back. But overall, like it, it was usually done in one sitting. Uh, and if it was multiple rounds, it would, or where I meet multiple people, they would do it in an afternoon. They wouldn't get me to come back multiple times. Okay. I think it's, but- yeah, I think just because of COVID and it's online, companies know that you don't have to leave work or take time off work so they can spread it out a bit more. So in a way, right. COVID actually made the interview process longer. Now that, now oh, okay. That about it. yeah. It's easier, but longer. Yeah, easier. Nah, yeah. Right. I don't know about easier, but definitely longer. I mean, easier in, in terms of you just stay at home and you're like, well, I got an interview today. Let me yeah, just exactly. Wake up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what was your last day like? Did, did you just like hand stuff uh, in, or 
Like hand stuff into the, like, at the office, like drop things off and then that was it? Yeah, yeah. So I was working in social media. I was a social media manager. And then what they went with was they went with an agency to do social media instead. So one week before my final day, we were having meetings almost every day. I was teaching them this, how we do things here. This, how you do the Asana tasks and everything. This, how you do things on Slack. I was just handing things over. And I was literally telling the, the agency to be like, hey, if you need anything, I'm just here. Or even after my last day, I'm like, okay, if you have any questions, I'm just on LinkedIn. Just reach out, reach out to me. So, you know, uh, just just be a good person. And it's, like, work is work. It's not it's not personal. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, yeah. Too many people make it personal when they get laid off and stuff. Oh, it, dude. It, yeah. Yeah, like, people will be like, no, I'm not replying or going to, into any meetings. Like, no, I was, you know, like what I said, don't, don't burn bridges. Just keep it professional, even if you feel bad. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they're going to help you out if they see that oh, this person is really a good person. Let's help them out. And Yeah, exactly. It's not personal. It's business. Right. And, and that's but what I said. Me, yeah. Even our, our, our own CEO, uh, he recommended me to one of his friends. And before my last day, I already had like another part-time, part-time gig. And that came from a recommendation from the CEO of the company. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So it, it pays to be good. Basically. Exactly. Like, be good to people, they'll be good to you. Again, it's, it's exactly. never personal. Yeah, like, again, if the CEO said, I, I need to cut this department, like, he doesn't really know you, right? Like, he doesn't first, I just need this team gone because like, it's not working, right? And, like, it's, it's not personal at all. So, like, t- like, when it comes to workplace layoffs, like, you should never take it personal from your performance because it's never about the performance. It's just the company's going to a different direction. True, 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 true. That's true. And they, they did tell me that. They're like, this is not performance related at all. You're doing a great job. Everyone likes you. It's just literally like we have to shift our our focus, which which you know I understood. I Absolutely. It. Okay. So yeah. So once you absorbed the news for the few days, what was your next move like? Because you are getting opportunities from some big companies now, right? So like, walk us through like how you were able to recover, or how walk us through your plan of action and how you're starting to get these uh, interview opportunities. When I got laid off. Since I was heavily like invested on LinkedIn when I was a student, I already I was consuming content of like how to actually apply for jobs. And a lot of people, especially when they get laid off, they'll just mass apply. They're like, check whatever position they want. They just click the apply button, apply, 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 just send the resume. And then after 50 tries, they still don't have interviews. What I did was... I pinpointed exactly the position and companies that I wanted to work for. And I literally spent like an hour trying to customize my resume and my cover letter for that company based on their needs. It, and that was tough because I was literally like matching the job description with my resume. And before I passed it, just because I really liked the company, I had to make sure it's perfect. So there was lots of editings. And I'm not kidding that. It takes me an hour to like edit a resume and a cover letter before passing it. So what's some strategies on how to like tailor your resume and cover letter towards that company? Like what did you do? Right. So I already have like a cover letter template and the resume template, right? So what I did was I opened up the job description of the company and I would somehow copy the keywords that are in there and place it on my resume. And I would put numbers on it because... From what I learned with Max and everyone on LinkedIn, you have to put like numbers on your resume. It's so called a say, quantifiable metrics. <laughs> there you go. I don't even know what metrics. it's called. Yeah, there, there you go. go. So let's say 
on social media instead of let's say instead of me saying increase the engagement of the company page i wrote i was able to increase the engagement of this certain post by 250% in a span of three weeks or something. And again, I would base that on the job description. If they're looking for engagement, I would put that. If they're looking for, we want more followers, then I would put how many followers I was able to. So yeah, that that's it. Just matching the job description with your resume. Good. And just to reiterate, you didn't just copy and paste. You like took the language, but then you just customize <clears throat> it and with your experience. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. And I would add, I was always add numbers. That's important. And really good adjectives. Max could tell you more about Yeah, adjectives. Or, or action or success verbs. Like, I'm assuming like yeah. generated, increased, uh, decreased, minimized, maximized, optimized. Right. <laughs> it's like transformers. <laughs> Opt- <laughs> like, op- optimized prime. Optimized prime. <laughs> that is true. And, and again, if, if you're listening to this, I didn't know this beforehand. When I came to, from the, in the Philippines, I just mass apply. Max, by the way, in the Philippines, you mass apply to 30 companies, you would get like 15 interviews in the Philippines. But in here, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work. Is it because like, there's, there's more tech here when it comes to recruiting? Uh, in the Philippines, is, is it more like there's, there's less like ATS stuff? Is it less technology in the application process compared to here? Yeah, I, we are so low tech there. It's literally like the boss tells the recruiter, hey, we need someone by next week. And the recruiter's like, oh, no. Then they just interview every, everyone that comes in. Just Wait, in how, how long is the interview out. process in the Philippines usually? I, I, and here, as your experience, it could take up to a month, even two months. Uh, how, how long is it in the Philippines? So it depends on the job. But from my experience, I would say I already have a job in like within three weeks, probably. It's fast there. It's fast. Yeah. I worked with a client who originally came from India. And she said that she has never gone through such a grueling process because in India it's, it's very like straightforward as well right what I've heard. And, yeah, and usually it's just like two interviews in the Philippines it's like the initial call and then you meet the hiring manager then you're like yeah give him an offer or like no I don't like him that fast yeah okay and uh, the other thing we talked offline that you actually did a lot of networking on LinkedIn on top of the customized applications so can you walk us through how you did that Right. So I follow this guy from One Salting. You probably know him. His name is Jonathan Javier. And he was posting like all these templates on TikTok. I'm like, this is how you network on on LinkedIn. If you applied for a job, copy paste this and send it to the hiring manager. So I copy pasted that template and then I just changed the, you know, the name, the position. And it was literally like, hey, Max, hope you're well. I just applied for this position. Would love to know what would make me stand out as a candidate. Thanks for everything that you do. Something like that. And then I just send that to the hiring managers or whoever the recruiter is. And then sometimes, well, most of the time, they were like, oh, actually, I'm not the person for this, but I will email the actual recruiter for this role. And that's how I got interviews for the big companies. Okay, so it's a combination of custom application and then just taking one salting's advice and creating these messages and send them out to like recruiters and hiring managers. Exactly. So it's literally customize, apply, send a connection request with a message to a recruiter or hiring manager. Then if they accept you and they don't respond, just message them again. The fortune, the fortune's in the follow-up, right? As they would say. Exactly, exactly. What else can I say? And another company that I really liked, the recruiter is super active on Twitter. 
So I started following him, and then I sent him a DM, a direct message on Twitter. I was like, hey, can I apply for your company? And he was like, yeah, send me an email. And then that fast, and I, <laughs> I had an interview that week. So yeah, DM is, is the key. Yeah, and like the more active someone is on social media, whether it's LinkedIn or Twitter, the, the easier it is to get them to respond, right? Because like, if there's a recruiter that's never active, or like no activity in 90 days as LinkedIn does it, then it's going to be hard for them to, it's going to be hard for you to reach out to them and respond, right? Right, right, right. Another thing I did was, let's say I, I like this company. I would see which employee is active on LinkedIn. Then I would just engage with the posts and then we'll eventually connect. And then, you know, we'll just talk in the inbox. And yeah, eventually I'll be like, hey, I'm planning to apply. What should I do? So that's where networking comes in. But again, the crucial thing is if you actually do that before you need a job, it's going to be easier for you in the long run. What has been the, some of the learning lessons you've took from this experience in Canada in terms of getting laid off? And yeah, what are some like eye-opening lessons that you've learned from this experience? Yeah, well, well, the first thing, of course, Max, is like, here's where I really felt that you're not really 100% secure in your job. Again, like what you said, it's just, it doesn't even have to be based on your performance. It's just like, things change here so quickly that sometimes they have to change you quick, right? So that's what I... I learned. The second thing was from my experience, I've said it over and over again, it's super important to always just keep networking and always just be open for opportunities. If there's one thing that I'll do moving forward, it's me making a plan of somehow never applying for a job ever again, just through networking and referrals. So that's like the next step for me after this. Yeah, like I worked with a client before and she said that this is the first time that she'll actually start applying with a resume because before that, like she always had opportunities because she has such a vast network, right? That was one to help her. But yeah, it's like, that would be the ideal. Like, you know that you've done well in your career when you don't care if you get laid off because you can just like go through your LinkedIn Rolodex, so to speak, and just reach out to someone and say, hey, I'm looking for another opportunity. Do you have anything for me, right? Right. And you would, you would even get, even while you're working in the company, if you do networking right, you would get job offers out of nowhere it's literally even while you're employed people are trying to get you to their company just because they know you and they know you do a good job so that is the plan that's that's what's gonna happen moving forward yeah and how about linkedin are, are you so like let's say you get your next job are you gonna like try to like, build up that network again build up that content because you still haven't really been posting on linkedin since you've been uh, laid off right i know you've been busy with interviews but are you trying to get back on it or like, what's your plans for, like, your own personal brand? Like, I would I would get back to what I was doing when I was a student. I would, I would, I would have to post, if not every day, like, every other day. Because, like what I said, you always want to be top of mind whenever someone's looking for, you know, someone to fill a job opportunity. And if you keep posting on LinkedIn, eventually you would have, you know, 500 profile views per week, 1,000 profile views per week. Or Max, how many profile views per week do you have? I have about 3,500. 3,500 a week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's so. that's a lot of people. So <laughs> if you just try to be like Max and then you do that consistently, you would not have a hard time looking for your next gig. And that's, that's going to be my plan moving forward. Absolutely. Again, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, Daniel, to like share your story. And I think that's a, this is a big learning lesson for a lot of recent grads that think like their performance will help them with job security, which in your experience is not the case. So I want to end this podcast with one last question for you. So as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges to help them get to the next level. 
Uh, so I think we touched upon this already, but what has been uh, one of the biggest obstacles in your career, whether it's uh, in Canada or the Philippines, and, and what did you do to overcome it to get to where you are today? Wow. Give me a, give me a while. What is the biggest obstacle that I've experienced? Oh, you know what it is? It, it would probably be, it's not like imposter syndrome, but like feeling like you can't do the job just because it's tough. So I've been in many scenarios where, again, I just know how to stand out in interviews and everything. So they get me. And then when I get there, they're asking so much of me like, okay, we need these results, blah, blah, blah. I don't necessarily know how to do it yet. And that scares me. But again, you have to do the job. So if you don't know how to do the job for some reason, or you don't know how to achieve the goals, then you have to either ask for mentorship or just watch YouTube videos or join companies because that's going to save you in the long run. And you're just going to learn along the way. So that's that. If ever you get into a scenario where you don't know how to produce results, then you have to find out how to produce those results. Yeah. And again, the one thing is that you can't stay stagnant, right? So even when you get hired and you know the majority of the job, you still have to build up skills, right? Or you become unquote like a dinosaur and you become less marketable right so like you always have to learn new things regardless if you're not required because that's how you build up your skill set and stay marketable in a very competitive environment right now exactly exactly and again you're not the only one who can do your job there's like a hundred more people who can do it so always be like protecting yourself yeah and in a way the personal brand is a great way to protect yourself because again anybody could podcast anybody could like edit videos but if you have that brand and reputation they'll go to you regardless of uh, what other people are offering, right? Exactly, 100%. Again, it was really great catching up with you, Daniel. Uh, wish you the best of luck in landing that opportunity. Hopefully, the, uh, you told me offline that you are in the middle of some of these uh, interview processes, so hopefully something closes soon. So, but how can people reach out to you to learn more about your career story? And if they are currently laid off, if they can have to get some advice from you uh, by reaching out. Of course, you could just add me on LinkedIn. I'm Daniel Lentine, linkedin.com slash in slash dvg lentine uh i have a pizza on my name and <laughs> there's a there's a slice of pizza as well in my linkedin banner so yeah just just follow me send me a connection request and be more than happy to help you out okay again i appreciate the time daniel appreciate it max thank you so much for having me and we'll, we'll talk more we'll talk more soon Thank you again to Daniel for coming on my podcast and sharing his story and the career learning lessons that he gathered along the way when it comes to getting laid off but having nothing to do with his performance. If you want to hear my own thoughts and insights based on this discussion on this week's episode, then make sure to check out ChanCat on all popular podcast platforms this coming Friday. So make sure to subscribe so you don't miss out. If you are a professional that is looking to take your career to the next level and looking for some career guidance, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. Inside this group, I post content to help take your career to the next level, whether it's job search tips or general career advice. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. This is Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.